Like I said, we're almost done with this series. I'm doing the second to last one. Luke's going to bring it home next week, so don't miss next week. All right? It's going to be awesome. Um, But the psalm that this entire series has kind of been centered around, and the name of the ministry comes from Psalm 46. If you want to put it up there, Josh, we can read it together. Let's read it together on three. One, two, three. God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. The passage I'm going to be sticking in for a large part of tonight is going to be Psalm 62. Now John shared a couple verses from this psalm, but I felt like God really highlighted it to me for this week. So we're going to focus on that psalm if you guys have your Bibles. Who's got paper Bibles? Raise up your paper Bibles. I want to see them. Paper Bibles, paper Bibles, rider. That's right. Hey, yeah, that works. (laughs) No. (laughs) I know better. So I'm going to be jumping around this psalm a little bit. I'm not going to read all of it, okay? It's 12 verses. I'm not going to read the entirety of it, but I'm going to read a bunch of it, okay? And I'm going to not necessarily go in order with it. And there's a couple other areas in Scripture I'm going to go. So be following along. Have your Bibles ready to use, all right? I'm going to pray. God, we thank you that you are our refuge. And Lord, I just pray that we would understand what that means a little bit more tonight. Open our understanding. May the eyes of our understanding be opened and enlightened to know your truth, your word, understand it, apply it, and live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone say amen. Amen. I'm going to start with verse 3 and 4 in this psalm. You should have it next there, Josh. I think I got them all ready for you there. So let's read this, okay? I'm going to read it. Listen up, all right? Look at your neighbors. Say, listen up. So starting at verse 3 of Psalm 62, it says, So many enemies against one man. And I'm reading New Living Translation for this, okay? So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. Hey, CJ, pay attention please. Psalm 62, verse 3. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Does this sound like somebody who's in need of refuge? Some of you didn't listen to this verse. (laughs) He needs some refuge, right? How many of you have ever had somebody stab you in the back before? (laughs) All right, well. (laughs) How many of you have had people talk behind your back before? Talk crap about you when you're not there? How many of you have done that about other people? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. (laughs) Now, when I read this psalm, I, hey, listen up, listen up. When I was reading this psalm, I couldn't help but think of the social dilemmas of teenagers. (laughs) Like, I really couldn't. 
I read this, the, the arguments that happen between rival groups in school, rival friend groups, right? The, the arguments that happen within the friend groups themselves about each other. The gossip that happens in school. Gossip that happens in your own families against your siblings. You guys listening? Thanks, Katie. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> the arguments that happen between rival groups. Talking back bad about each other, behind each other's back. Have you guys ever witnessed a fight in school? Like a straight-up fight? I mean, I, I see this, and I read this, and I go, man, this, uh, this sounds pretty uh, relatable in some situations, right? Now, I don't think everyone here has had people literally trying to kill them, which is what David had, right? <laughs> but maybe you have. Hopefully not. But there's times where it can feel like it. Where it's like, gosh, it seems like I'm just getting enemies after enemies after enemies. People, like, and maybe you're somebody that's not deserving of it. You're like, man, I don't feel like I'm deserving this ridicule. I don't feel like I'm deserving this criticism, these curses, this, these things that people are saying about me. What's the temptation? What do you guys want to do when that happens? Well, let's keep reading. This psalm starts with the way that we're supposed to handle these situations. How many of you read stuff in the Bible and you're like, yeah, I know that's how I'm supposed to do it. It's a little difficult. (laughs) It is not easy to do sometimes, right? So starting at verse 1 and 2, the two verses before what I read, it says, I wait quietly before God. How many of you enjoy doing that? (laughs) I wait quietly before God. How many of you like waiting quietly before God when you feel like all hell's going against you and you're like, God, are you going to do something about this? <laughs> right? I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from what? Him. My victory comes from Him. He alone is my and my my salvation. My fortress, where I will never be shaken. Listen, this is what we know, right? This is what we know we should do. But how often is it our actual response when the crap hits the fan, when people are coming against us, whether it's rightly deserved or not, what is your response? How does your initial response go? Do you go, God, it's in your hands. You're my refuge. You're my rock. You're my fortress. You'll handle it. My victory doesn't come from my hand, even though we want it to, right? (laughs) It comes from the Lord. It, It comes from his hand. He's the one that avenges us, right? Yes. If God truly is your rock, salvation, victory, refuge, then you would go to him first with your struggles. And not, listen up, listen up, please. Yes, I appreciate your input, but let's save it for after. If he was your one, you would 
go to first that would be obvious he's your refuge. But it's obvious if he's not, because we go to him maybe second, third, fourth, and so on. We don't go to him first sometimes, right? For some of us, we don't go to him first ever. He's like, yeah, I'll go to my friend first, but then if my friend's the problem, then I'll go to the other friend that I have. Maybe I'll go to my boyfriend. Maybe I'll go to my girlfriend. Maybe my mom. Hey, maybe you go to your parents first for things. Maybe you go, maybe you go to your teacher. Maybe you've got a teacher that you're able to do that with. Maybe you've got a coach you're able to do that with. CJ, please, I don't appreciate that. But do you guys go to God first or not? When people are attacking you, gossiping about you, when people are coming against you like we read in this psalm, are you going to God first or are you going to other people? Maybe, maybe you're actually even continuing it on. You're like, man, they messed with the wrong person. <laughs> I'm going to get them back. <laughs> maybe that's how your response is. You start... Dumping your problems on your friends first, on your parents first, or do you go to God with these things first? Do you fight back? Or do you really seek refuge in God with what is happening? Gabe. I want to read something that my study Bible explains for this psalm. You can pop this up there, Josh. I should have it there. This is the way my study Bible explains this psalm. And I thought it was just perfectly fitting for this. It says, God's people sing this psalm to foster confidence in what? In his character, in his care, how he's going to handle your situation, how he's going to handle you as well as the other person or people, right? The strong temptation is either to despair, get all up in arms, freak out, get filled with anxiety, right? And go, man, this is never going to work. I'm just a worm on this planet. And everyone's stomping on me. It's either getting despair or else <laughs> to seek security in power and in wealth rather than in God. I want to read a passage of scripture here for you guys. That gives a little, there's this story I want to bring. It's, it's an incredible story in the Bible. It's found in 2 Samuel. You guys can get your Bibles ready for it. 2 Samuel 16. But are you truly confident in God's care about the situations you're in? About the problems that you're having? About the struggles you're dealing with? Because your actions prove where your trust actually lies. Where it is. And what is truly your refuge. Let me share this amazing story with you guys. I'm going to give you a little background to it. So in this story, we've got King David. He's king by this point, okay? The king that was before him was the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. He was terrible. He came against him. He tried to kill him more than once, and he was his own father-in-law, okay? He was married to the king's daughter. And Saul ends up dying, but he ends up dying in battle with his own son, at the hands of the Philistines, okay? So Saul dies in battle. David becomes king. 
And it said that he was going to become king. God told him he was going to be. He was anointed to be the next one, even though he wasn't his son. It was him that was taking it, the throne. Now David, he's king for a while at this point, and then his own son, by the name of Absalom, comes against him. He conspires to take the throne from him. He convinces the nation, I'm king now, and takes the throne from him and tries to kill his own father. Pretty messed up family life, right? Sounds pretty crazy. So, in this situation, David is still technically king, right? But he's not in power, really, quite yet. But he's got some men behind his back that are literally willing to do anything and everything for him. All he has to do is say so. So, starting at verse 5 in chapter 16. This is 2 Samuel 16, 5 through 12. I'm going to read it here, so just listen up, pay attention. And I want you guys to hear, the Bible has some pretty crazy stories, okay? First and second Samuel are a good place to start if you want some really interesting read that will keep your attention. So it says, as King David came to Bahurim, a man came out of the village cursing them. It was Shimei, I believe is how you say it, son of Girah from the same clan as Saul's family. So he's a relative of the king that was before David that died, right? He threw stones at the king, at David, and the king's officers. And I want to emphasize king. He's, the person writing this is saying king, putting some emphasis. He has power. He has authority, Okay. He threw stones at the king and the king's officers and all the mighty warriors who surrounded him. Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last you will taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer. Now what did I tell you? about this background story. Did he kill Saul? No, he didn't. Did he steal the throne from him? No. So, here's what David's men say, which, mind you, they were getting stones thrown at him too, (laughs) all because of this guy being mad at David. Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? (laughs) Abishai, son of Zeruiah, demanded, let me go over and cut off his head. (laughs) What does king say? No, the king said. Who asked your opinion, you sons of Zeruiah? If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? You guys ever hear people talk like this? (laughs) Then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, my own son is trying to kill me. I'm aware of what's going on here, okay? Doesn't this relative of Saul have even more reason to do so? Leave him alone and let him curse. For the Lord has told him to do it. And perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. That's nuts, right? I mean, I know for myself, if somebody's wronging me, 
it upsets me, right? When people are doing stuff like that, if people were doing this, I would be frustrated, right? I'm like, I don't deserve this. I'm the king. This is what it looks like to make God your refuge. Okay? This is what it looks like to make God your refuge when you are having struggles with people. When you're having struggles with people and maybe you don't even deserve them. If you do deserve them, then you got to repent. <laughs> That's a whole different story. That's correct. <laughs> if anyone had the ability to trust in power and wealth in this situation, though, it was David. Right? He's literally the king. He's got, I mean, it, you guys go read the stories in First Chronicles, in the Bible. You can go read it yourself. It's all about the mighty men of David. I mean, these guys were insane. It's said that David at one point was just sitting on the throne. And he was like, man, his nation was at war. And there was this spring that he didn't have control over anymore. It was on the other side of the nation that was being controlled by somebody else. And he's like, man, I just really, I miss the water from that spring <laughs> territory. Get water. That's all he said. And he had men run over there into enemy territory, get water from the spring, and bring it back to him just to drink it. That's crazy. <laughs> this guy had total power, total wealth, control. He could get whatever he wanted. Yet he said, no, it's not my place to avenge myself. It's not my place to step in and have my name cleared. It's not my job. If this is what God wants the man to stay, say, then so be it. But if the things that he's saying aren't accurate, which he knew they weren't, right? If the things that he's saying are not true, they're curses that carry no weight, then God's going to bless me. That's amazing strength in God. That is incredible trust in his care for you. And that's really the standard of how we're supposed to live. That's what Jesus did. It says that when he went to the cross, people insulted him, they ridiculed him, they spat in his face, they cursed him, they killed him. And he never raised a word to them, never lifted a finger. He had every right to come against them, and he never did. He allowed God to be his vindicator. This is what it looks like to make God your refuge with struggles with people. How many of you have struggles with people? Anyone? If you're here and not in a shelter, <laughs> alone, in isolation, you do. The Lord vindicated him. And this is the crazy thing. His response was, the Lord told him to curse me. Who talks like that? <laughs> it's crazy. He had total trust in him to handle any problem he came across. And anything that happened to him, he's like, I mean, I trust God to handle it. I mean, maybe I deserve this. I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> Let's see a few more verses from this psalm in Psalm 62. And I want you to hear these verses with the remembrance of this story. Think about what David went through the things that he was saying, okay? Psalm 62, 5 through 8, it says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress 
where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my, say refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. (laughs) They can see me. They can't get to me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Refuge. Say refuge. David didn't use his servants that would literally do anything for him as the people to talk to with his problems. He was not unaware of the struggles he was having. And you go read the Psalms and you see consistently him pouring out his heart to who? It was to God. It wasn't him pouring out his heart to his yes-men that would literally do anything for him at the drop of a hat. They were waiting for him to say, kill. And they were going to jump at the guy and slit his throat. Cut his head off, even. That's dedication, right? But it's incredible, incredible self-control to know you have that power, know you have that ability, and to not use it knowing full well it's not going to handle it right. That God's going to solve the problem way better than you ever will. David didn't use these servants to talk about his problems with. He didn't pour his heart out to just anyone with his problems. He went to God with them. Now, it doesn't mean that he never did it. Because you read the Psalms, it's all throughout there. It's 150 chapters in the book of Psalms. Every single one of them is a dumping of emotions. Every single possible human emotion that's in the world is found in the book of Psalms. It's represented somewhere, at least once. So if you have problems with people, struggles with people, rightly so or not, I ask you, who do you go to with these problems? Do you go to God first or do you go to him last? Is he your last resort? Or is he the one that you actually think about first? And you go, man, God, I really need your help with this. (laughs) What do I do? And if you just hear silence, well, you can go to the Bible. That's what he's already said. (laughs) That's a great starting point, right? But we've got to pray about these things. Bring them to God. Allow him to handle them. You read through the Psalms that God alone is who he constantly would dump his emotions on. Because he can handle it as well as he's actually going to steer you right. He's going to give you the information that you need. There's a specific phrase I want to use in regards to all this, and it's using people as a sounding board. Everyone say sounding board. Have you guys ever heard that phrase before? Yeah, I just need to use someone as a sounding board. I just really need to bounce these ideas off. If I need to... Just get these thoughts out of my head, and I need someone to talk to. That's basically what it means, okay? The Merriam-Webster definition of this, you want to put it up there. Here's what I found. Sounding board means a person or group on whom one tries out an idea or opinion as a means of evaluating it. The only true way to really evaluate your emotions accurately is to be having God as your sounding board. 
is to really bring these things to him. Allow your emotions to be bounced off of him, his word, his truth, and say, God, this is how I feel. Is this justifiable? Is this okay? And I know that, like, the struggles that David had, they were real. I don't think God was like, quit whining to me. Just let it go already. (laughs) He'd say, listen, I understand. It sucks. It's hard. But I got you. I'll handle it, okay? I'll take care of it. Don't mess it up. (laughs) How many of you know we have a tendency to do so? When we try to put our hands on things. (laughs) Yeah, we, we can mess things up. The only true way to evaluate your emotions, opinions, ideas is to bring them before God. And here's the thing. Opinions, not facts. Not everything you bring to God about your frustration is necessarily true. Some of it is just your opinion or your perspective. God can have a way of bringing things into perspective, okay? If God gives you direction, then do it. He'll never direct you to to sin or dishonor someone. There's sometimes I hear from people, oh, listen, you don't understand what they did to me. Well, this is, the, this is really terrible. I know God would, God would be on my side with this. <laughs> but would he be on your side with your behavior? Trust God to handle rightly how someone is to be dealt with. Here's one way that you're supposed to live. And really, the, the, the true way you're supposed to live. In 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, Peter, he was one of Jesus' disciples. Okay, And this time, he's writing to the church. And the church is dealing with intense persecution. They're being ridiculed in the nation of Rome. The Roman Empire is killing Christians left and right. The own emperor is said, there's, there's speculation by many scholars that Emperor Nero set Rome on fire and blamed the Christians for it to have fuel to be able to kill it. Because he wanted to. And he knew there was going to be a revolt if he didn't have an actual good reason to do it. So here's what Peter says. Starting at verse 16, and I'm going to go about halfway into the verse. It says, keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants. Now that is really hard to hear. There's this perspective, especially in America, that's like, God never wants me to suffer. God never wants me to hurt. God never wants me in pain. Well, if that was the case, then Jesus was never in God's will. <laughs> he dealt with a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, right? If it is what God wants, then to suffer for doing wrong. And then if you go down chapter 4, verse 19, I wanted to share this one too. This kind of brings it full circle. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. And trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Here's what you do. You live your life in a godly manner and not 
speak for your actions, but let your actions speak for you. Don't use your actions to be how you speak. <laughs> let me say it this way. You let your actions speak for itself, not act to speak for yourself. You don't use your actions to get the point across. I've had more than one situation happen to me in my life where people are speaking ill about me, they're speaking wrongfully about me, and there's, I mean, it had no merit. I was like, I didn't do that. I didn't deserve that, John Kinzel. I've had people speak behind my back, talk smack about me, and I wasn't even aware of it for like a long time, and it was happening for months and months. I never had to say a word because I allowed the life that I lived, like it says here in 1 Peter, I allowed, where is it here, the good life that I lived to speak for me and God to speak for me, to vindicate me and to save me. I never had to say anything. In the same way with David, he's like, I know I'm not going to have to worry about this because God sees all things. I trust him that he knows what's right and what's wrong. He's going to handle it. He's going to take care of it for me. Now, I want to be clear that this doesn't mean just be a punching bag throughout your life, okay? <laughs> and allow everyone to run you over. But it means do not get revenge. And do not try to drag other people's name through the mud if they're doing it to you. It doesn't work. It's not going to work, Okay? You live your life in a godly manner and let your actions speak for itself. And God speak for you. As well as other people that know your character is what ends up really happening. And they're like, no, I don't really don't believe that you did that. <laughs> I really don't believe that she would say that. I'll go check with them, but that doesn't really sound like them. <laughs> and allow your life to be what justified you. I got another story I want to share. Caitlin brought this up to me, and I thought it was very fitting. I was like, what do I share from my own personal life? And some of you know that when I first asked her out, she rejected me hardcore, straight to the heart. <laughs> Get wrecked. <laughs> so when I first asked her out, now get this. this I had a best friend. I'm not going to say the person's name. But I had a best friend. We were super close. Okay, and he knew I was going to ask her out, knew that I was super into Caitlin, knew that I liked her a lot. I asked her out, crash and burn. <laughs> and not even a month later, like maybe a month at max, he doesn't tell me that he's going to go ask her out himself. And he goes and does it himself, asks her out. <laughs> he crashed and burned too, Okay. <laughs> It's because she was not going to say yes to anybody, that's why. <laughs> so, listen, there's even a point in this where I found out about it, and I'm pretty sure I found out about it from you, right? I think you're the one that came and told me. Oh, you did? <laughs> the shame. Oh, man. Phone call of shame. <laughs> so here's the thing. I never 
ripped into the guy. I was never like, you did what? What the heck, man? Where's the bro code? What's your problem? What are you doing? I never did that. <laughs> Honestly, there wasn't this... I really did it. It was, it was weird. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, you deserve what she said. <laughs> if anything, I'm like, she took care of it. She shamed you enough. <laughs> but I never was, like, filled with furious rage and anger. I, it, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> but when Caitlin found out, like, she came and, like, she talked to me at one point, and she's like, did he talk to you? I'm like, yeah. Well, did you know that he talked to me? Yeah, she's like, well, <laughs> she was mad that I didn't like turn into this monster and want to murder him. <laughs> she was like, are you kidding me? You're not going to do something about it? I'm like, what, what can I do? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> like, how am I going to make it magically better? <laughs> There's nothing I can do. I mean, if he gets you, he gets you because God wants him to. But really, I was just like, I ain't scared. <laughs> If I'm supposed to be with you, then fine. <laughs> Clearly, he didn't get you either because <laughs> he crashed and burned worse than me. <laughs> but here's the thing. When people go behind your back and do things, what's your response? Do you frail up with anger, which isn't necessarily wrong, okay? I, I don't want you to think if you get mad that somebody wronged you, you're wrong. That's not biblical. That's not in there. What you do with your anger is where the problem comes in. How you handle people wronging you is where you get into trouble. When you live with your anger, it wells up inside you and it causes problems. It's why Paul says a lot in Scripture, get rid of your malicious anger. Do not be filled with rage. Do not be angry all the time. And then he also says, be angry and don't sin. Don't let it get to a point where it controls you and it causes you to do things that are a problem. Meaning, take it to God. Let him be your sounding board. If somebody makes you upset, don't go dump it on your friends who are just going to make the situation even worse. Because they're going to tell you, man, that person's the worst. What do you want to do to them? Should we go TP their house or something? No, they don't. <laughs> they do way worse things. <laughs> if you bring these things to your friends, what do they tell you? Let's get them. Man, let's go just throw their name in the mud. Spread rumors around school about them that aren't even true, but they could end their life. <laughs> guys, that's the stuff that I hear happen in your guys' life. I hear this stuff happen. God's not pleased with it. It's not what he wants for you, and it's not going to make your life better. In fact, it's just going to cause it to get way worse. Allow God to vindicate you. If you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, this is the thing. There is suffering that pleases God. It's when you embrace the suffering and allow God to vindicate you. That's where it pleases God. That's where it pleases him. When you say, God, I'm not going to put this into my own hands. I'm going to leave it to you. You will take care of it. You will handle it right. 
The last psalm I have for you, and then we're going to close. Psalm 62, 11 and 12. This is the way the psalm ends, okay? I want you guys to listen to this. Pay close attention. God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Guys, I'm just going to say, this is not the first time I've talked about this. This is not the first time some of you have heard these words. You've heard it many times. He's spoken plainly to you. You know the truth. Now time comes for action. Power, O God, belongs to you. This is what David's saying. The man who had his own father-in-law trying to kill him, his own son trying to murder him. He had situation after situation that were just awful. He says, power, O God, belong to who? You, to the Lord. Unfailing love, O Lord, is yours. Surely you repay all people according to what they have done. That's where it's finished. You don't know how to handle it. Leave it to the one who will. And trust that he will. That's the big thing. We often go, God, you're taking too long to handle this problem I'm dealing with. God, you're taking too long to deal with that person Why have they not been hit by a bus yet? (laughs) Hopefully not, right? (laughs) But sometimes we think God's not moving fast enough when it comes to people wronging us, right? We go, man, Lord, you're slower than the American judicial system. (laughs) What's going on here? But you need to trust that this is true. Surely you repay all people. Surely you repay all people according to what they have done. You need to trust that they will get what they deserve eventually, or they will put their trust in Jesus just like you have, and they won't get what they deserve just like you're not. None of us is really deserving of the breath that we even live. The pain people give is real, okay? I want you to hear this. Some of you guys have dealt with pain in your life, and it sucks. (laughs) The pain that you guys deal with from people, it's real. Some of it's undeserved. Some of it comes from your own family. And you think to yourself, You don't know how much this hurts. The pain they deal is so painful. I can't do this anymore. You need to put your trust in Jesus. The pain that he felt was real. For what he never even did. The pain that he took willingly that we deserve was real. And he still never lifted a finger but allowed God to be his vindicator and raise him up, literally, (laughs) from the dead. And if he's capable of raising Jesus from the dead, CJ, John, he's trying to, okay, I'm, I'm done. Everyone stand up. If Jesus can literally be raised from the dead after three days of being so brutally beaten that he wasn't even recognizable of who he was. Like, that's how horrible it was. 
It would be as if there was a crime scene and they brought a relative to be able to identify the body and they wouldn't be able to. They're like, I really can't tell. Sorry. If Jesus is able to be raised from the dead, he can handle your problem. Okay? He can handle the people that are wronging you and do it right. The important thing is to trust him that he's going to handle it. Power belongs to him. Don't put it into your hands because we can't handle it. Amen? All right. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you that you know how to handle every situation we're in. And God, I pray that you give us the strength to have self-control, that you give us the strength to not revile back when we are reviled against, to not fight back, to not bite and devour one another, so that we would trust in you with every situation we have. In Jesus' name, amen.